name is Amy Doe. And my name is John Cotter. You are listening to the Radio DePaul podcast. Uh, we are trying kind of a new way of putting these together this time around. It's a little bit more podcasty, a little bit more conversational. If you are a regular listener, let me know what you think. We're talking about spoken word. We are. When you talk about spoken word, the first thing that you think about is 22 Jump Street. It is. How'd you know? <laughs> because when I started this episode, you pulled up that clip. Yeah, I was uncontrollably laughing during that whole thing, too, because that's my favorite scene. Um, but yeah, that, that's, um, that was pretty much my familiarity with it at the time. You're actually not alone in thinking that, you know, that 22 Jump Street over-exaggerated style of kind of, you know, to the point of absurdity yeah. is what spoken word is. It's what makes it funny, but it's also what, when something isn't as popular like spoken word is, and that's the only representation you get out of it, that's where the problems seem to come in. My name is Davon Clark. Uh, I am an artist from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, currently based in Chicago. Uh, I like flowers and little things in life. And um, I mainly do photography and poetry. For my senior project, I started up a poetry slam group because a good friend of mine, uh, she did that stuff. She knew that like I wrote on the low and she was like, you should come to a slam, see what it's like. And I thought it was gonna be like that stuff you see on TV. Like the, and I'm doing this, and I'm talking about something compelling, you know? And I was like, oh, okay, like, I guess. The last time that I remember really sitting down with a poem and like thinking through it was um, in high school. So, same, I would say. Yeah. Being forced to really. <laughs> right? Being forced to, yeah. <laughs> to read some poetry. And the thing about that is like the kind of poetry that Caroline reads and that Quinn does is so different from like that poem that I sat down and interacted with. It's because it's so personal. Yeah. You feel it. They're, they're in the same community that we are. We have that connection. I think that's kind of what's lost in, in sort of the, the academia, academia perspective of it and where you're supposed to understand the form of it and, and why it's written this way, the connotative um, meanings of it. But, but really, I think a lot of it is if you're interested in whatever this person is talking about, then I think you'll kind of connect with it deeper than if it's just poetry you're forced to read. I think it's because of like the perception of poetry, you know, um, it's seen as this like avant-garde, like high class thing. Um, and I hate that. I really um, not regret that, that notion, but um, it just, it's just not true. You know, I think every time you think of poetry, you think of Shakespeare and you think of, um, you know, just all these like old, even beyond Shakespeare, like you think of like these really old, like Greek, um, you know, just, it's never, there's never like access, or there's never um, representation given. Um, in these classrooms. Um, and I think that's really important that we should start um, like showing living poets or showing poets that look like the students that are in your classroom. Um, sometimes showing poets that don't look like the students in your classroom. The way that people are taught about poetry and the way that people see art is oftentimes not inclusive. Like this year, there's been so much talk about inclusivity in art and representation in art and the Chicago spoken word scene is actually kind of cutting edge in in that respect and Caroline had something to say about that. Uh, my name is Caroline M. Watson and I am a sp spoken word poet and physical theater artist and teaching artist here in Chicago. 
so many racist things and um, misogynistic things and you know anti-trans things were happening in the community people stepped up and and made a new community and that's just happened within the past three years that I've been here going back to a little bit about the power of poetry as opposed to other forms of expression Quinn had something to say about poetry being a unique way to confront complex issues Uh, hi my name is Quinn poetically I go by Quinology Um, I'm a poet from the South Side of Chicago, speaker and blogger. Everything is about like metaphors and like similes and so I try to make sure that I paint such a lasting image in um, somebody else's head because conversations are difficult, especially now with everybody having different opinions on everything else. Um, And through a poem, not only are you able to hear my opinion, but at least like you're able to hear it in a respectful way where I'm not calling you out and there's like no names being called or like thrown. It's just like this is Quinn's, you know, perspective on it. And then afterwards we can like say, hey, like in that bar, in that line, did you mean X, Y, and Z? And then I can extrapolate it. Something that's important to acknowledge, especially when talking about Quinn's work, is that she has worked extremely hard to educate herself to in like extraordinary degree about the issues that are happening in this city. I feel like Chicago is a perfect, a perfect imperfect human, right? That inflicts harm, but also has been harmed in so, so many ways. And so I think when people, when they talk about this city, they have to acknowledge um, how Chicago herself has been harmed by corrupt politicians from this, you know, political machine that is just like drying it up of its resources from gentrification, redlining, um, housing segregation, like everything like that that I had to learn like through organizing and through um, educating myself about how uh, how everything like plays a role with each other and how gun violence isn't much more so um, something that just popped up abruptly, but much more so a reaction um, to the insufficient resources that are being given to folks on the south and west side of Chicago. What talking to Quinn made me realize is like the responsibility that an artist has when disseminating information. If you have a soapbox, you should take it upon yourself to educate yourself about the statements that you're making in your art. In, in any art form, in media, in news, and, and just hearing Quinn talk about just using that symbolic articulation of the city as an imperfect human, I think is really important. Whenever there's um, a rise in gun violence in Chicago, it's, oh, we're, they label it as Chirac because they're out of this area. And, and it takes a lot of people in, in Chicago to reach out and say, keep our city out of your mouth. You don't know the city. Quinn, Caroline, Devon are really showing us the power of putting your words onto paper and then bringing those words to the stage. Yeah, you're right. And the idea of that can be really intimidating, but Devon actually had some pretty humble beginnings. Yeah, the first time I wrote was for um, for a shorty I walked home with every day. I had a crush on her. Um, well, I was about to say her name, but like, she don't need her government out there. We're still friends. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I wrote it and like, it was embarrassing, whatever. Um, and like she, the way she found it was like, I wrote it and I told my friend, I'm like, yo, I'm gonna give it to Serena today. Like, oh my gosh, like I gotta get ready. And he's like, dude, you got this, you got this. And I had it in this yellow folder. I had it like ready to give to her. I went to the bathroom to like hide myself up. I come back, she's reading it. Like in like our free time in class, you know, in English class. And I'm like, nah, dog. So like I snatch it from her. 
um, and we just didn't talk about it. Like, we were walking home in, like, silence the whole way. And when we get to, like, the place where we, like, split up, um, she's like, you know, it was good, right? And I'm like, so do you want to, like, be boyfriend and girlfriend? She's like, nah, but, like, it was good, though. And I was like, dang! But, like, you know, um, ever since then, I had been writing, like, in privacy and stuff like that. But I never, ever shared my poetry because I never thought it was good enough. Until I got to high school, um, and Mary started having, like, open mics. I went to Kenwood. And something in me was not allowing me just to like sit and watch everybody else get up on the mic. It was just like, okay, I gotta, I gotta say something. I was like, okay, put my name on the list. And they're like, are you sure? And I said, yes. It, it's very inspiring, I guess. Just that thought popping into my head of wanting to do it. Just, it's very inspiring. When people think of art, I think, at least for me, the main reason why I love like art galleries and like uh, photography and everything else like that is because the people are able to capture something so complex in a beautiful way where like they can make an image, they could take a picture of a woman that's crying, make it look beautiful and so like heart-wrenching where it's a, it's a stain on your memory because of that. I think I write about a lot of dark things in, in a definitely a way that makes it easier for me to digest and I think maybe my listeners and, and readers as well. I think pretty, but for me, a lot of my poetry is a little more uh, humorous. So I think that that's an extra layer that I add onto it. But it does, it allows you to cradle yourself in some way to, to, to deal with harder things or to make it more easy to digest for other people to hear about it, you know? I went there and that stuff was amazing. Like it was the first time like I was seeing people my age who looked like me who were talking about things that like I didn't know how to talk about in a way that was like very plain instead of like it being like a bunch of big words in like a huge paragraph that like I didn't want to read. Um, and I was just hooked. It was cool. It was like this catharsis that I never really got. For one to care about what they're performing about, to care what they're writing, and to care about what they're telling so many people about themselves just really shows how much this means to them and how much it can mean to the community of Chicago. You know, I, I really like what you said because I feel like it's not cool to like take yourself seriously anymore. Like satire rules everything. Satire does rule everything. That, that, that was my first experience of slam poetry was satire through film. And spoken word and poetry at its core is so deeply genuine and that is what is powerful about it and that is what we need right now. The Radio DePaul podcast is produced by John Cotter and myself, Amy Doe. A huge thank you to Davon Clark, Quinn Riley, and Caroline Watson for the fantastic interviews. All of their social media handles are in the description of this episode. Caroline actually runs a monthly poetry open mic called Grandma's House at Kibbutz Nest, which is a 10-minute walk away from the Lincoln Park campus. So check that out if you'd like. If you liked what you heard, leave us a review on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out, and we would love feedback about this new format. New episodes come out every two weeks, so subscribe and follow us on Facebook to stay updated. Until then, my name is Amy Doe, and thank you for listening to the Radio DePaul podcast.